Megan, you know how ever since I wrote Winner, Winner, Chicken Dinner, we've nicknamed me the Chicken Lady? Well, I have a nickname for you too now. And don't worry, it's more glamorous than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Do tell. You, my friend, are the Butter Queen. I've always known it, but your excitement over our latest sponsor, Challenge Butter, has sealed the deal. Yes, I love that. I am the butter queen. I mean, we all love butter, right? But for me, butter is essential. I get it. All of my favorite Megan recipes, both sweet and savory, rely on butter. From your famous biscuits to your butter bath corn, your garlic steak bites to your genius butter roasted sweet potatoes. It's why I'm always stocked up on Challenge Butter. I use both their salted and unsalted butters, as well as their European style butter, spreadable butters, and even their whipped butter. Challenge has a butter for every occasion, from cooking to baking to lathering on buttery goodness. And you're not kidding when you say goodness. Challenge Butter has been farmer-owned from the start and is churned fresh daily from the freshest milk and cream milk from happy cows at its family-owned farms. Honestly, it's amazing that it's been made the same way since 1911. Not to mention their products are made without artificial preservatives, fillers, or dyes, and they have no added hormones. In fact, Challenge was one of the first brands to enforce raising cows without growth hormones. Just pure butter goodness, the way the butter queen likes it. (laughs) (laughs) Head to challengedairy.com to find a retailer near you, recipes, and more. And don't forget to check out this week's show notes for a coupon to save 50 cents on your next Challenge Butter purchase. The number one thing you need to do, and this is whenever you're cooking a turkey, believe it or not, just make sure that you are paying attention to how big it is and using a thermometer. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Before we jump into today's conversation, we want to take a second to encourage you to join our Didn't I Just Feed You community. It's free. It's easy to join. And all you need to do is share your email with us and nobody else. We'll put a link in our show notes to make it easy for you to join us. Or you can go to the community page on our site or on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. And if you're able to comfortably support Didn't I Just Feed You and our efforts to publish free weekly episodes, we'd love to welcome you to our community as a supporting member. Supporting members can pledge their support monthly or annually and receive awesome perks, including two exclusive episodes every month, live events, lifetime access to our private Instagram feed, and a huge quarterly giveaway. Okay, Megan. I love our community, but I'm so excited about this episode. I'm going to jump right in. Today we are talking turkey. We scored the best guest ever. Karen Wilshire has been working for the Butterball Turkey Talk line for 10 years, and she talks to us today. And I love this interview because even more than tips, practical, hands-on cooking tips, she's like, you guys need to relax. (laughs) On all fronts, not just turkey, but just like... Parenting, the whole thing. Karen's a mom of three, so she knows. She knows. 
And she has been talking to people in Turkey crisis for 10 years. And if what she has distilled from that experience is just stop, take a breath, relax, it's all going to be fine. Then I think that should really genuinely give us comfort because that's not just her personality coming through. It's not just a shtick. Like she has literally been helping people through Thanksgiving day cooking crises. <laughs> right. She has the perfect point of view of like, listen, if you forgot to thaw your turkey, if your turkey is ginormous and you're feeling intimidated, literally any worst case scenario you can imagine, she's walked people through it. And so she knows, she really genuinely knows like you, there's nothing to freak out about. about nothing turkey. to freak out about. So let's talk to Karen. And then let's come back because I know that there are a couple of things that you and I also want to dig into for yes. Thanksgiving. So we are thrilled, as you can tell, to have Karen Wilshire with us today. Again, she's a butterball turkey talk line expert who's been answering Thanksgiving related questions for the last 10 years. During this time, she's helped thousands of callers overcome turkey-related hurdles ahead of or on the big day. Her number one tip, I love this, is to make a list and a timeline that help you plan out your Thanksgiving prep. And her favorite thing about being an expert is learning about the diversity of celebrations, which is such a beautiful thing. Every year, Karen says that she learns something new, which makes for a great arsenal of knowledge that has helped her become a trusted resource. Let's welcome Karen. I'm really excited to talk about turkey because in my years of being in food media, like I have cooked so, so many turkeys that sometimes the joy is sucked out of it for me. Aww. But I know that you <laughs> still love it. Like everyone still loves a turkey. So Karen, I need to know, do you cook the family turkey every year? Most important question. I do. And sometimes I don't because, you know, we need to get every, we need to have everyone cooking. Let's get cooking. So it's Thanksgiving meal is a fabulous time to kind of uh, bring the next generation into the fold, so to speak. And luckily for me, you know, my children are getting older and they all like to cook. So last year, actually, my son, with the help of uh, me supervising, he did it. And when all of us who work here at Butterfly, we are working on Thanksgiving Day. So frequently we have yes, to that's right. talk other people through the process because <laughs> we're not at home. So yeah. uh, that's a small little secret. So yes, we definitely do cook turkeys, but we are fabulous at teaching others to cook them. So, and that's why we're here. So if you need anything, we can help you through it. Um, this year, we probably are going to put ours on the grill again because <gasps> nice. we've got to a point where we just really enjoy hours being grilled. We've been, in my immediate family, we've been doing that for the last, I'd say about 10 years. One of the fun things about cooking it on the grill, I should say, is that it frees up your oven. So it's a win-win. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I have two follow-up questions. The first is kind of a throwaway and just for myself, how old's your son? Who my cook? son <laughs> is 18. 18. Okay. So I'm yes. four years away from maybe having my oldest self cook a but turkey. Now, Stacey, I'm going to tell you, he's been my, I, he's my youngest of my three and he's been the most interested in um, working with me in the kitchen. And he's always been. So even when he was Aww. 14 and even when he's a, a little boy, um, he always enjoyed it. So it was nice to have a sous chef. I used to call him my sous yes. chef. And That's, so he enjoyed that. Yeah. My 11 year old is like that. He loves to cook and he's always in there with me. So, okay. But the second follow-up question is, 
So the grill seems to be your favorite way to cook a turkey, at least well, in my this moment. Yes, yeah. my personal favorite. Okay, what's your least favorite way? Hmm. Well, they're all good, but you know, I'm not the biggest lover of deep frying. And mainly because even though it's delicious, I love my turkey leftovers and yes. planned overs. And for me personally, I just, uh, you know, the deep fried turkey is fabulous right out of the deep fryer. For me, you know, I just, it, there's a little oomph that is missing for me when I go to reheat the, the deep fried one. Uh, oh, so. That's interesting. I, I've never deep fried a turkey, but Megan, I know you have. Many a deep fried turkey. Yes. But I will say, I agree with Karen because the margin of error and very dangerous mm-hmm. error for frying is much, or like for disaster. Yeah, frying a turkey is, is so much higher than doing something simple like cooking on the grill or roasting it in the oven. So... Mm-hmm. Yes, and you're so right about the leftovers. Not as great of turkey stock either. No, no. I mean, they're good, but so, you know, that's it. But now what makes that work is when you're going to cook for a big crowd or even a small crowd, it's fine to do, in my opinion, like a turkey breast. That's perfect to Mm -hmm. use in the deep fryer because then you still have that. And then you can have your regular either roasted or smoked turkey to use for the leftovers for me. But I mean, I like, you know, listen, you can't go wrong with more in this case. That's true. Yeah. What are some quick mechanics of grilling a turkey? Like, do you pull out the backbone? Is it the whole bird? Well, you know, a lot of people enjoy doing the spatchcock or flattening and pulling out the backbone because, of course, it's going to cook a lot faster. Um, The number one thing you need to do, and this is whenever you're cooking a turkey, believe it or not, just make sure that you are paying attention to how big it is paying attention, using a thermometer. Like I really feel like that's clutch and because you're busy. So, you know, you're going to think you have time or you're thinking you're going to run back and peek on things. No, when you're using a thermometer, you know, something's done, you know about how much longer you have to cook the turkey. And so with the grilling, I would say another thing that you want to do, if you decide to grill, you want to kind of um, have mise en place, so to speak. You know, you don't want to have to run around your kitchen. So a little preparation on the front end of things, having your uh, turkey seasoned, if, if you'd like it, or, or I always brush mine with a little oil. There's the thought school of thoughts. I use a charcoal grill, but there are people that use a, a pellet grill. There, you know, you have folks that use their gas grill. Just, you know, doing the preparation according to your grill manufacturer is, is, is helpful. And definitely treat yourself to a thermometer. Yes. Some of us have big fancy ones with all the bells and whistles, but you know, at a minimum, you want to grab a thermometer from the grocery store when you're going to um, do your shopping. And that way you don't have to worry about where is my thermometer? You know, do I, did I put it in that one drawer and I have no idea where it is. So I think having a thermometer and having a timer is another thing. It's all about the tea on Thanksgiving. If you have your turkey, your timer, your thermometer, 
I and love of course, Butterball uh, Talk Line. You, yes, you're going to yes. have a great Thanksgiving. Gee, I love it. <laughs> I also will just say a thermometer, like you can grab a great reliable one for $15 to $20. So yes. there's almost no reason. But let's talk about when you're at the store getting your therm thermometer and your turkey. How do you estimate how much turkey to buy per person? And what are we looking for when we're buying turkeys? Well, uh, once you start formulating your Thanksgiving plans, you have to make the decision, do eh, I have big eaters or do I have small eaters? Mm -hmm. like if you're a small family and you have just, you know, someone under five, a couple of the children, they're probably not going to eat that much. For myself, we got big people. We go big. We eat big. We want a <laughs> lot of leftovers because, you know, once we uh, make this big meal. We want to graze for the whole the next couple of days and just lay it around. So I like to, you should plan for at least one and a half uh, pounds. I say two pounds makes it perfect. Two pounds per person. And that way you'll have a generous amount of turkey for leftovers. And, you know, do not, this is a situation where do not be afraid to go big, go big. People are often afraid to get a big turkey thinking that's intimidating. No, it is no harder to roast a large turkey than it is to roast a small turkey. And just the benefits of having the additional turkey gives you all those fun planned overs. I would say when you're in the grocery store, if you do not immediately see the size turkey that you were thinking you wanted, do not worry. And if it ends up being a situation where, oh, you know, we really don't have that many people who like dark meat. You know, there's nothing wrong with you getting turkey breast uh, only. Or in my case, I actually like dark meat as well. So I supplement and I get extra pieces and I throw those on as well because, you know, the, for the people that are fighting over the drumstick, there's only two, you know, and if, <laughs> and if uh, you know, you have some family members that like dark meat, I find that to be helpful as well. Okay. So we're at the store. We know how much turkey we want. We know that we can buy a bird that's the right size, or maybe it's a bird and a breast or other additional parts, legs and thighs. What's next? I want to talk about, I want to go back to this idea of mise en place. It probably starts with the recipe that you've chosen. So maybe you have some tips for how to pick the right recipe, or if you're winging it, like what's important in terms of the prep? Are you, are you a big believer in wet brining, dry brining. You mentioned seasoning. I think that that's huge. Sometimes people under season. And then like, even if you get the right juicy texture, it's, you know, it can fall flat a little bit. So talk to us about how to make our bird delicious. I would say this, two things. Think about the kind of cook you are. Like for some people, Thanksgiving is so stressful with all the moving pieces that this might not be the time for them to try something new. Yep. So, you know, they need something that is fail proof. And of course, the oven roasting method is pretty much fail proof. You're going to do well. All you need to do is lovingly get that bird in the oven and uh, set the timer based on the size of the turkey. Mm -hmm. Use the thermometer to make sure that it is done. So that is something that if you're a novice cook or even if you're very seasoned cook, roasting the bird in the oven is easy. Now, when you were saying that I like to start with a kind of a game plan around here, mm -hmm. you know, uh, when you're going to shop, what can you do ahead of time? I find that to be helpful. Other things 
that you can do ahead of time. A lot of people get stressed out with the idea should I get a fresh? Should I get a frozen? Mm-hmm. And if they decide to get a frozen when they need to take it out to thaw it, or did I? T- uh, and one of the things that we I would tell you to tell your listeners, the Thursday before Thanksgiving, we call it Thaw Thursday. And we know if you get that frozen turkey into your refrigerator, just about turkeys of all sizes will, will be thawed and ready to go. And, and if you Listeners are scratching their head thinking, well, now how can that be? And there's such a range in turkeys because you have about three or four days after it's thawed before you need to cook it. So you figure the larger turkeys are going to take every bit of that time to thaw in the refrigerator. And the smaller turkeys, although they will be thawed faster, they're still good to go. It's another tea also. It is about the tea, that thawing, <laughs> right? And, um, thawing on and, Thursday and, 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 and you know what? There's lots of us who, hey, Life got in the way. They did not get to do any of this stuff until the day before. So never fear. We have, uh, we can help you. We'll talk you off that turkey ledge. You, you need to use a water bath method. You know about mm-hmm. that. You just will defrost, uh, thaw the turkey in the water bath method, which all that means is it is being kept in its original wrapper and submerged in cold water and changed frequently to just facilitate that thawing process. And then you're going to pop it back into the refrigerator and cook on Thursday morning. Now there's other things that you can do in this whole game plan. You have to know what day, if, if you're having Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday, wonderful. You know, some people are having friends given before some folks are having their celebration after. So I like to start with that list. Start when, when you're going to have it, what time you're going to have your celebration and literally just go backwards from there starting with when you need to get the turkey. Now, if you get your turkey now, you're fine if it's a frozen turkey. Um, Our fresh turkeys, you'll start to see those in the marketplace and they have a date on them, a sell-by date. And um, we know that those turkeys are good for a couple of days after that sell-by date. So as long as you get the turkey and keep it in its original wrapper and in the refrigerator, you're good to go. Uh, we want to talk about seasoning. Which yes, I was saying flavor. Exactly. I personally do use a brine for the set. My grilled turkey, I've been using one for, and mine is a wet brine. But I definitely have done many a turkeys uh, using a dry brine or just seasoning. And again, like the whatever profile you enjoy, you know, we. I agree with you, Stacy. For my personal palate, I like things. I like a little spice, um, but not everybody and not everyone's family members are ready for that as well. So, and the, again, the easiest, most fail-proof way is to put your turkey into a roasting pan elevated on a rack. You don't have a rack. You're thinking, oh no, what do I do? You can use some vegetables to just elevate it off of uh, the bottom of the pan. And that's going to help with some aromatics and give you some flavorful drips. I suggest that you either spray your turkey with a little vegetable oil cooking spray or some oil. People ask us, well, what if I want to use butter? Okay, you can use butter. However, you know, they're they're milk salads and butter. So you won't have that picture perfect turkey because it may have some spots. But then again, are you carving at the table? Because if the answer is no, don't worry about that either. No matter what you do, we just want you to get cooking. It's going to be a fabulous holiday. And we're here to celebrate. Karen, I can totally see why this is something that you have been doing for years. Oh, because I look like the turkey. What are you saying, mama? (laughs) 
you're hilarious because you're so calming and you're like, you can do it like this. Or you can do it like this. It's going to be fine, everybody. It's going to be fine. And what's your son's name, Stacy? I think you should have him do it this year. Okay. So the little one is 11, Oliver, and Isaac is the 14-year-old. Isaac is really not that interested in cooking, mm -hmm. but I bet you're, you know, you were reminding me with your story of your son that, you know, age sometimes isn't really the deciding factor. I think that Oliver is going to be the one who wants to get in the kitchen with me yeah. to help. Well, I am trying to assign some sides or something to my older two. And? and are they game? It's not really going that well, but I'm going <laughs> to keep trying. You know, I'm going to keep trying. Um, and, uh, you know, we all have our favorite sides. So, so what are some of your uh, favorite sides that you like to have on your Thanksgiving table? I also think this is a good, this assigning thing. Like if you're in charge of the turkey and you're hosting your extended family where it's lots of adults, I think that you should assign sides. That's what we do in our family. And it works out really well. Now we have tried to do that when we have our big extended family and, and, and it is successful. Now, one of the things I ask my guests to do, if we are going to do it like that, I ask them to bring their dish hot yes, and in a white serving dish because invariably, you know, I have some cousins that I love dearly, <laughs> but here it comes. I don't even know if you need to say anything more. <laughs> But they, they are anarchists. They will just bring stuff you didn't expect. And, and, and the main thing I say when people ask you, they truly mean, how can I help you? What can I do? What can I bring? And so you go ahead and assign them something. But, you know, you should be specific. Go ahead and tell them I, we're going to have a buffet. And we're gonna, if you could just bring it in a white serving dish and your dish already hot, that, because you just do not have any real estate in that oven yes. on that day. And, and invariably, if someone has to come and get in your kitchen and yes. do something, that's not helping you. They might think it is, but it's not helping you. But you know, you kind of got to know the players in this game and yes. who, you, who you've got yes. going. That's right. Yes. So it does seem like your top piece of advice is preparation. Preparation That's what I'm getting key. from this, right? And don't not, stress. Right? Don't stress. And even if you haven't done a lot of preparation, because again, in real life, life happens. happens. Yes, yeah, so you might not. Plans. Yeah, Plan your I mean, work things could happen that you did not get a chance to get into the grocery store until the Wednesday before. You can Ooh, still make this work. You can make this work. Me out here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've done it. I can remember being a young person with my sister and she and I were in our early 20s and we're going to take over. And we're gonna, yeah, we're going to cook this. <laughs> we're going to cook Thanksgiving dinner. And I tell you, we were in the grocery store the Wednesday before and it can be done because, you know, once, first of all, the turkey, again, is going to be your easiest piece of the meal. And once you have the turkey and once you have your family members there, you're already winning. You're already yes. winning. You're, so, and, 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 you know, Thanksgiving is one of those things where you figure you graze, you're going to eat, and then you might eat again. Now, one thing, another tea that we'd like to remind your listeners is once you've got that turkey out of the oven, you got about three hours that you need to get it back into the refrigerator, broken down and put away just to keep Thanksgiving safe because you do want the holiday to be remembered for a good time, not something else. <laughs> so you, you want to make sure that you uh, keep everyone safe. 
Yes. And then save those leftovers, right? Like we don't want that to go to waste because it was left out for too long. Before we get to more questions from Karen, a quick word from our sponsors. The holidays are all about creating magic and nobody knows better than us that holiday magic often starts in the kitchen. Also, nobody knows more than us parents that the pressure to create holiday magic at every turn can be totally overwhelming, which is what makes the newest line by KiwiCo the best one yet. Just when we thought we couldn't love KiwiCo more, they have gone and launched Yummy Crate, a fun and easy way to get hands-on with family-friendly, kid-tested recipes that help build kitchen confidence and teach a thing or two about science along the way. Each month, Yummy Crate delivers to your door high-quality kitchen tools, three recipes, and two projects that teach kitchen skills and encourage kids to explore the science of cooking. Everything in the crate is designed to foster a love of science and cooking in kids ages 6 to 14. From experimenting with the effect of pH on dough to designing artistic creations with pancake art, every Yummy Crate takes your meal to the next level with kid-friendly science stories, history, and fun food facts in the Yummy Zine magazine. Before each crate arrives on your doorstep, you'll be provided with an easy-to-use shopping list, which includes alternative ingredient suggestions for different diets, from vegetarian to vegan, dairy-free to gluten-free. And with no commitment, you can pause or cancel at any time. Build kitchen confidence with hands-on experimentation this holiday season with Yummy Crate from KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping with the code D-I-J-F-Y at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. 2024 is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinnertime overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You. And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost-effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter ButcherBox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y 
short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. You've been talking to people about cooking turkeys for years. What are the three biggest mistakes that people tend to make over and over? I find that the thawing is something people get hung up on. And they get hung up on it because they are literally shorting themselves a day when they're counting. You know, you can't count the day you're going to cook it as one of the days you're getting it thawed. So I find that that is, uh, yes. can be a challenge. I also find that back to the whole spilling the tea, I find that when I do not use a timer on a day like that, that is when I find like that I get into trouble because I'm assuming I'm going to remember these potatoes are in for 10 minutes or yes. this, and they're not, or the turkey, you know, I know I put the turkey in at this time. Uh, so I find using the timer, giving myself proper amount of time to get it thawed. So for me, I've already taken that out of the game because I make sure my turkey's in the refrigerator the Thursday before. That also allows me to know I purchased what I wanted, got it in the refrigerator. It's going to be thawed and ready to go. Um, the other thing is that I also want to tell all your listeners to, no matter what's going on, relax. We've got a fix for it. And if by chance on Thursday morning they get up and they have to figure out, oh, my goodness, what do I do? I want them to just reach out to us, call us, text us, hit us up on the social media outlets. We most likely have a solution to whatever they're perceiving their problem to be, because it's we're just going to get cooking this year. You know, we're we're moving and grooving. We're going to have a fabulous holiday and There is no problem that we're not going to be able to solve by being together and having a great turkey. You're going to be so excited for Thanksgiving. I'm telling you, you and your boys are ready. They're ready, Stacey. Yeah, I can't wait to see And you're going to share it all over Instagram, right? (laughs) The turkey talk line, the butterball turkey talk line, you've been working it for years. Do you have like even one favorite story you can share? Either an epic failure or the hugest (laughs) success that you've had talking people through their turkey? 
we have been around for over 40 years now. So even though I personally haven't been there for 40 years, uh, we've had some people who've been there for the inception. It is just a great thing. Yeah. And because we've been around for 40 years, we've been able to gather all kinds of information that we can then share with our beloved folks that call us on the talk line. Now we, you know, we recognize the talk line was the heart of it, but we also know that young cooks, you know, they like to communicate in a different format. <laughs> so, you know, they want to text us or chat us and things like that. Or aren't you guys on TikTok this year? TikTok, doing TikTok. Yes. <laughs> We're everywhere you need us to be. This is where we are. We absolutely. I love it because I love the idea of these young TikTok kids cooking turkey. Gobble, gobble. Yeah. Yes, we're, we are. We're getting cooking wherever we need to be. But you were asking about a favorite story. I, I think we talked a little bit about thawing in a water bath method. And one of the fun stories that well, has happened is oh, years ago, um, a young mom was multitasking and asked her <laughs> husband to put the turkey in the water bath. Well, one of his other tasks were that he was supposed to give the kids a bath. So he figured a little synergy there, you know. Needless to say, I mean, I think she was a little frustrated when she came home to find that out, but um, I'm pretty sure they made that work as well. I don't know if I would call that synergy or just straight up cross-contamination. Right, right, right. Well, well, you know, I'm going to still hope that that turkey was in the bag, Uh, but, you know, we have a lot of male cooks, and last year, of course, we saw Thanksgiving look very different, which I think is going to continue to make sure that new folks are trying things and we're having virtual celebrations where, you know, we all get together and toast, even if we're not at the same place. And I'll show you what's on my table. You show me what's on yours. So it's, it's been a lot of fun this year. My mom was the mom who like got up at like three o'clock in the morning to start her turkey so we could eat Thanksgiving lunch at like noon, right? Like big, big turkey. She was nervous about it. She wanted to have time to carve it. So I imagine there's those middle of the night. We do have people now, you know, you probably don't have to do it in the middle of the night anymore because, you know, our grandmothers and our some of our moms were from that mindset that they had to keep basting. Yes. Do not have to do that. All you're doing is stopping the cook time <laughs> and having to start yes. over again. So that's why Great I was taking thing. hours and hours and hours. It's interesting because, um, you know, you'll have folks who decide, oh, well, what do you mean when they call us and they ask us about about how long to t- uh, cook their turkey? And they're, sh- they're shocked. So for example, if you have a 20 pound bird, it's only going to take you like three, three and a half hours to get that cooked. And, you know, that is when it's unstuffed. Now, if you're going to stuff it, you have to add a little more time, probably about 45 minutes. Now, are, are you ladies stuffing yes. in the bird or stuffing? I am on not the a stuffing in the bird. Me either. Also, my family, my husband's family is very Southern and we have always dressing. My mother in law brings right. dressing. My grandmothers are from yes. the South and dressing. Yes. And yes. Does, does your uh, Megan do they do cornbread? She does. She does cornbread and giblet dressing. Yes. Yeah. You gotta put that in there. Yes. yes. Which is like a, fun, a whole other funny story of the first year that I hosted Thanksgiving when we were just like young and newly mm-hmm. married. My very sweet mother in law, who I adore, made sure to bring an extra turkey 
just in case, just in case I messed up our turkey. Oh, really? <laughs> she brought her own, which is like sweet. And then we had tons and tons of leftovers, but it was just all in good intentions that she, she did that. She you were professional, huh? Yeah. Okay. You know, just in case, you never know. <laughs> there is, and there is pressure when you are doing yes, it, um, sure. especially when you are coming behind someone who's perceived to be a really good cook. But you know what? You're going to make your own stamp. Your, your listeners yes. are going to make their own way and they're going to make their own traditions because my mother could not conceptualize of us putting this turkey on the grill. That is just beyond her. Why are you putting this on the grill? Well, because I like that. And, yeah. you know, this is this is me host. When you host, then you get to do it your way. There are more than one way to cook a turkey and there's all good. And it's all yeah. good. So. Yes. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, having grown up first generation Greek, like Thanksgiving, we don't have a long history of celebrating Thanksgiving in our family. So I remember growing up having feta cheese on the table. <laughs> like it yeah. was totally non-traditional. You know, it was my grandmother and then my mom figuring out like what parts of this new tradition in this country that's new to them, like incorporating it with foods that are their comfort foods, which have nothing to do with. Isn't that cool? Well, right? to that same point, my grandmother um, was from the Gulf area, the Bayou area, and we all, our starter was gumbo. Yes. yes. So we always, and that I think goes right along with yep. what you're speaking about a way to make sure that things that they grew up with were introduced to us. And that was one of the times when we would have gumbo. And when I would tell people we have gumbo, what do you mean you have gumbo? We have gumbo. We also, we don't, um, on our family table, we don't have um, mashed potatoes. We have macaroni and cheese. Yes. And um, so, I mean, it's heavily starch laden. We have mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> We've got dressing, you know, we've had candy yams. We have greens. We have, String beans or mm -hmm. green beans. Yeah. So uh, there are lots of fun sides. Now, one of the things that I've tried to do is sometimes and if it's just me hosting, I will pare that down and not have quite so many sides just so that I don't have quite as much to do. But invariably, I have some that same cousin. Well, why aren't you having so-and-so? Always a cousin. And listen, <laughs> that's how you end up with a mother-in-law who brings a whole extra yeah, turkey. It's, it's yeah. all like in love, right? It is. It is. It is. Now, do you ladies like stuff. to literally, uh, so we didn't get a chance to talk about how you do it. Do you carve at the table? Do you carve in the kitchen? Karen, I'm going to tell you something terrible. Uh, I We do not cook turkey on Thanksgiving very awesome. often anymore. Okay. okay. What do you guys use? Um, the last couple of years we've done fried chicken. So we'll like okay. go all out and fry pieces or my father-in-law really loves beef tenderloin or like a whole ham. So we'll do that. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, like you said, I'll grab a breast and just roast that either like the day before or the day after so that we can have like the turkey sandwiches or the leftover plates that are so good. But I... I think carving in the kitchen is the way to go. Because, and then you still can like arrange the pieces beautifully uh, true, on a platter. True. But 
it honestly makes it so much easier to there's feed. no there's not as much pressure I would yeah agree. and then it's just easier to like have the big tray or pass the big tray on the table also thinking about like little kids my kids are now seven and ten but when they were really little having them be sitting at the table for very long while someone carved the turkey i cannot even imagine they would have been running around and then there's a knife and someone trying to carve it would have been disaster oh yeah yeah, yeah. Stacey, yeah. what about you does mike I, why do I think of Mike as the turkey carver in your family? No, so we actually, I very rarely cook Thanksgiving. So I do Christmas every single year. I'm usually like traveling. So my mom will still cook. Or recently I've been visiting my sister and her husband who live in New Orleans. And my brother-in-law is from a family that's many, many, many generations from New Orleans. So, you know, I'm helping him shuck oysters to start, and then he's definitely making gumbo. And last year, I think we had a turducken. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had a turducken. Yeah, okay. he, like, he went like all out, you know, there's usually like sausage. It's like a whole feast. Does he fry his as well? He does. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I actually don't have very many of my own thanksgiving rituals and you know habits i think that this year i am going to be cooking thanksgiving just because of i must have cooked last year right during the pandemic but i don't think i made a turkey it was just the four of us i can't really recall what i made to be honest well you know what we have all kind of friends to help you out so you know we have yes. uh, alexa you can uh, call, uh use her that's so you can cool yeah, yeah tell everybody tell yes. everybody from top to bottom how they can reach you guys well you can call us you can chat us hit us on all the social media platforms you can of course day or night go on butterball.com if you get stuck and need some questions answer alexa can help us help nice. you out um i love for the new cooks that are as i mentioned are visual they can get their i uh, computer out or their um tablet and look at some of the how-to videos while they're in the kitchen that's helpful for some people because we all learn so differently yes um, totally but the one thing you need your listeners to know that this is our time. But I like to also encourage people <laughs> because, you know, I like to eat. I buy more. <laughs> this is a time when this stuff is very economical. So if you have the space, buy more than one and buy it yeah, because they freeze beautifully. They store well and pull it out. Thanksgiving is not just to be, or rather turkey is not something you just have to eat at Thanksgiving. We eat it all year round. I, as I said, I will buy a few of them. And I, when I get together with my family mid-year around uh, July, then, you know, I'll throw one, another one on the grill. Nice. So, so smart. I really love that. And the idea that like you could buy a turkey at Thanksgiving time and stick it in your freezer until Christmas. Or like, if you want to do a new year's Eve feast of Turkey. Also, why don't we have more Turkey in the spring for like Easter and those other. I spring don't know. Holidays? I mean, yeah, listen, I don't it. have any more space in my freezer. I already have a, a couple turkeys in there. My family keeps <laughs> asking me what's going on. Hey, you're like, I'm just getting ready. I'm ready. I'm, Always I'm turkey ready. Time. Yes, yes, it is turkey time. I am a turkey and I like it, you know. <laughs> so many great teas. Karen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Call yeah, us. this was so fun. And you're right. Like, did not just feed you. The good news is with uh, turkey, 
you get to feed the masses. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay, Billis. The one thing we didn't get to do with Karen was play my favorite game. So pressure's on you. And then we'll we'll talk a little bit more about turkey. Kiss, Mary, kill, turkey breast, drumstick, turkey neck. Kill breast. Oh, say. I just think it's like, it's just the least, I feel this way about chicken too. You know, there's a lot of overlap between yes. turkey and chicken. I mean, there are some differences that come from the size because size is going to impact, you know, ideal cooking methods, ideal prep methods and cooking time. And really time is the big thing, which is why I couldn't have been more excited that Karen kept repeating about a thermometer because it's yes. the same thing that I say in winter, winter chicken dinner. I say it over and over. I have a whole little like section in the beginning talking about it. Don't be a hero. I, I know you've cooked thousands of turkeys. I've cooked hundreds and hundreds of chickens. Like, and we both use our thermometer. It's not that we're incapable of being able to like use touch or our sense of smell or a great, have a great sense of timing. All of those things we have from experience. And still I use my thermometer because there are a thousand other things going on inevitably, including just life and kids. And temperature is the best way to know when your poultry is cooked perfectly. But even with all that, it's the least, the breast is the least flavorful. It's the most prone to overcooking, to getting dry. And you can, I mean, the nice thing about it is that you can do a lot with the meat, but I don't think that there's really anything you can do with the white meat that you can't do with dark meat. So I would marry the drumstick because that's where okay. you get some really great, yummy dark meat. And the turkey neck I like because huge flavor and a great like way to use in your cooking even beyond turkey preparations. So all the little bits of turkey meat you can get out of that are flavorful and dark and they can be used in things like gumbos and soups and pot pies, right? It's just gonna like shred apart. And also you can use it to flavor broths and soups and all these other things. So I'm having a love affair with that because there's just so much yummy stuff we can do all over the place. We're 100% in agreement. Yeah. I have a weird like uh, like obsession with the turkey neck. And I think this came from my mom because she would like save it for herself. Mm -hmm. But the meat that comes off of it is like so yummy. And yep. then you can turn it into all those things you mentioned. Velvety. Yes. Mm -hmm. And especially like if you just throw it in your roasting pan with your vegetables that you're using as aromatics, it kind of braises. And so then it's like fall apart tender. So good. So good. Also, turkey breast. I know everyone's like, oh, but don't you want it for sandwiches? Again, you can totally use the dark meat for that. Yes. And I find it actually really hard. Like once you overcook breast, to make it palatable again like even if you throw it in a gumbo or totally. a big pot of soup it still has sort of a grainy texture after it's been overcooked so yes get breast can get out of here yeah bye bye breast <laughs> okay bye, bird okay so i want to just 
I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, as they say, but I really do think that when people call on experts like Karen or, you know, write us emails, a lot of time they want, they're really seeking like magic bullet solutions that have to do with like cooking. Like, tell me that one specific thing that I need to do so that my turkey comes out great. And I bet it's frustrating to those people when we give tips like, no, just prepare and stay calm. Yeah. But actually, I really, like, I so truly believe that that is what sets you up best. And we prepared this year. This episode is airing a little while before Thanksgiving because we really want to practice what we preach and drive this message home. Shop ahead of time, make a list have your timing set out. Inevitably, there is just too much going on. I mean, set those timers. Like if you need your phone and you need to borrow your like partner or your teen's phone so that you have multiple timers going on and then label them too. It's the worst when you've set a timer and you're like, wait, oh, what crap. is that? Is that, yeah. my, is that my potatoes <laughs> or is that my... But that's really when you get the best food because it's really about timing and not overcooking, even with vegetables, even with so many things, not just the turkey. Yes. And I just want to add, because you were saying this, like waxing a little poetically about the thermometer, but people who are like, oh, if I don't use a timer, it makes it seem like I'm more of an expert. Just know that restaurant chefs, especially pastry professionals, they have like seven timers. Like you cut, you label your timers with your name and like covet them. Because when you have so much going on, the likelihood that you'll lose track of something is just so, so high. And cooking something to the proper time is what is like a humongous part of making food taste good. Yes. Period. Yes. Yes. And having like the double indicator of like you have the time, but then you also have the yes. temperature. You just really can't mess it up from that point. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about prep. Because even though Karen talked us through like thawing and how, you know, you can do some things in advance and then on the day of you just like stick it in the oven, there is like a little gap there of like, I always, when I'm roasting a turkey for Thanksgiving or if I'm roasting a turkey for TV, like which is the most of my turkey experience, <laughs> I always, always unwrap it and season it the day before because that gives you like a better snapshot of like, oh, I've had it in the fridge for three days. It feels thawed on the outside, but then when I go to unwrap it and pull out the turkey and the giblets, then I really get a sense of like, oh, it's still frozen in the middle and it's gonna need more time to thaw than I thought it did. And also I'm a big fan of dry brining. I know that wet brining has had a long popularity, um, but I find it very cumbersome, especially if you're a new cook. like. A wet, a wet brine is essentially having a bucket or bin or a bag that is big enough to hold your whole turkey. So let's say you have one of those epically large, like 25 pound turkeys, you're going to need like a five gallon bucket. And then you have to keep it cold to keep the turkey in like the time temperature zone and not get, risking getting sick, anyone sick. Um, most of us don't have a walk-in fridge that we can stick a five-gallon bucket in or even like a big enough bin that actually fits in our refrigerator to have this huge amount of brine and then a turkey in it. So dry brining is basically taking the same salt solution that you would 
in a wet brine and putting it directly on the turkey. And what's awesome about it is that then you can add your other flavors. So if you have a brine that you love that you already use for for chicken, that's like lemon and thyme, you can totally use that on your turkey. Or like Karen was saying, if you have a spiced brine that you love or a spiced rub that you love, you can use that as a dry brine yeah. and just put it on in advance. So a dry brine is basically a spice rub, but with it has the salt content is what yes. makes it a brine and not just a plain spice rub, just to clarify yes. for everyone. The one thing that I will say about a wet brine in turkeys, because I'm also very pro dry brine. In fact, I explain a wet brine and I give a recipe for a wet brine in winter, winter chicken dinner. And then I proceed to say, and I don't think you ever need to use this for a chicken. <laughs> because yes. the real big perk is that actually there's going to be some osmosis. And with a wet brine, the meat is going to absorb some of that water. I actually don't like that in a chicken because it's just not necessary. There's not that much meat. It's not a big enough bird where that is necessary. And it can actually also slow down the the process of crisping the skin. Yeah, hard even to get impede, a crispy skin. Yeah, even impede the crispy skin altogether. But for a turkey, the reason the big like pro, in my opinion, is that that extra water that the meat soaks up does give you some buffer with your cook time and does help keep it moist. You're going to get that from a dry brine as well, but not to the same level. But again, if you are watching the timing, you're using your thermometer, you don't have to worry so much about making sure that your bird absorbs tons of water in order for it to stay moist. It's going to be moist because you're being careful about how long you're cooking it. And that salt and the dry brine is going to help you along and give you not as quite a big a margin of error, but a nice one that's going to be plenty in my opinion. Yes. I'd also say if breasts are really, if turkey breasts are really important to you, a wet brine might be the way to go because that's where you benefit the most, right? It's like you don't get that dry texture that you sometimes can get. The other thing I wanted to touch on really quickly was using butter because you know, I'm like butter's biggest fan. I agree with Karen that like putting it on at the beginning, you risk burning that skin. And whether you're trying to get a picturesque turkey or you just like crispy turkey skin, I think it's important to not burn it. But I like to finish my turkey with butter. So like either pouring melted butter on it during the last like 30 minutes of cooking or when it comes out of the oven, rubbing it with room temperature butter, which helps keep the skin crisp versus the melted butter, which can kind of sogify, sogify, that's not a word, (laughs) your skin. I couldn't agree more. Like I'm butter and poultry are my favorite friends. Yes. And I opted for butter as being the thing that I use on my roast chicken and winter, winter chicken dinner because of flavor. And because the cooking time is so much shorter than a turkey's basting will help spread those milk solids and Yes, there's a risk of burning, but for me also, it's that mottled look. Yeah. That can be a bummer when you want that perfectly burnished, even brown color. Oil is definitely better. And again, it's different when you're cooking a turkey because the cooking time is so long. 
opening the oven over and over in order to baste and make sure that those milk solids get like spread and distributed evenly is going to slow you down and is unnecessary. With a chicken, you know, you're talking like 40 minutes. It's okay. Just baste a few times, spread that butter around. You get that butter flavor. So I think your solution is a genius one for your turkey. Just like spray it with oil, leave it, let it cook, do its thing, get that beautiful look to it. And then in the last bit of cooking time, pour that butter over it. Yum. Yes. Yes. Also, Yum. not for nothing, if you overcook your turkey and you've got it carved, what about like throw drizzling some ma- melted or browned butter over it? Like, mm, what about it? <laughs> do it. <laughs> might save the day. Listen, again, butter's biggest fan here. Um, that's one thing that I have done in the past when I've overcooked, especially the breasts is like slice it thinly and then pour some fat on it and butter is where all the flavor is at. So why not use that? I mean, I know there's gravy, but like you can have butter and gravy on Thanksgiving, Stacey. Yes. Yes. I'm here for that. Okay. Before we sign off, do you feel like there's any major tip or common mistake or, you know, piece of advice that is essential that we have missed? I don't know. I think if you dry brine it, roast it and butter baste it at the end, your turkey's going to be delicious. I couldn't agree more. I don't love the little turkey pop-up timer. timer. I don't think that's reliable. Just totally so you know. Agree. Yes. That's it. That's it. It's not that complicated, you guys. Also, I love spatchcocking. And that might be how we do a turkey this year is spatchcock it and put it on the smoker just for something different. Yeah. Yeah. How will you cook your turkey this year? If no you cook idea. Have you given it any thought? <laughs> oh, we should mention, oh man, one of our guests gave us a great idea <gasps> about breaking the turkey down. Yes. Braising the dark meat and then just roasting the breasts really quickly. Who was it? It was Beth Lipton in yes. our in our episode about one pot meals. And actually, Beth has a new book coming out, so we might have her back. It's called Carnivore-ish. Ooh. We'll include the link just for fun. Yeah. Because we love when our guests go on to continue to do amazing things. But you can also ask your butcher to also break it down or just buy a separate turkey breast that you roast and then go to the butcher and buy a bunch of legs yeah, and then braise those like a red wine braise. Maybe that's what I'll do. That sounds so good. Yes. I think we said that we do that last year and I have zero recollection over how we did Thanksgiving <laughs> last year. I feel like that happens to me every year. For a long time, I kept, I kept Google Docs of like our menus and the recipes to keep track of everything. I do remember. I think that was the first time that we saw my father-in-law since the pandemic started was last November. I think we did like a protocol where we like stayed home, we tested, and then we went to Boston and he cooked. I was like, I wouldn't forget if I cooked. But anyway, listen, we hope that everybody who's cooking a turkey this year cooks it with joy. Like we really hope that this has helped ease your turkey day cooking anxiety. So, or maybe if, you know, if like a boss, you didn't have any, (laughs) maybe we shared a couple of new tricks here today. But more than that, we want to know your 
favorite best turkey tips or you know if you want to throw in a disaster story the here or there just to make us laugh <laughs> Uh, we would love that. We would yes. love that. So tell us by joining our community or finding us on Instagram and just comment, comment anywhere. We like stories and hearing from you no matter what. Yes. And if you love hearing from us as much as we love hearing from you, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. It comes twice a week and is packed with tips, products, and of course, reminders so that you don't miss a single episode. Find the link to sign up on our site or in our Instagram bio. And last but never least, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a minute, rate and review. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until all the way until Thanksgiving. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. 